And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy Nights. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. Put in another We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO. It's Adam Hogan. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? What's going on? Welcome in. Hogue and John's with you with a couple practices in the books at Hallis Hall. Still no pads, but helmets on. Some entertaining plays. Better view today than we had yesterday, Johnsy. Uh, Slightly better. Felt like training Slightly closer. Better. Yeah. Although I just... I, I made the mistake of once again uh, asking... Didn't today feel a little flat? Like, just... I guess I just need to accept accept that it's not bourbon anymore, don't I? Flat is in inter- Oh, you're calling out the fans already. Yeah, you did this last year. I know, I know. And I, I saw it today. Today we're standing there in the bleachers, and I'm standing next to our, our guy, the fish man, and I'm like, God, doesn't it just seem like dead here? And uh, And then I caught myself right there. I was like, oh, I shouldn't make that mistake again. I did this last year on the podcast, and people got mad at me. But then I, I, I couldn't help. Then I, I couldn't help myself because on the CHGO show today, I brought it up and people were mad at me. Well, maybe the Bears should give him more to cheer about. Starts there. Ooh, I, like I don't that. think fields three and four really lend to energy. I'll be honest. Okay. I think some of the more energetic practices that we experienced last year was on field two, which you have the long row of stands basically on top of the field. So you see more, you hear more, you feel more. You're right. Sometimes you're, right. You're, you're, pretty, you're pretty far yeah. from field four, depending where you're sitting in that vicinity of Hallis Hall, the grounds of Hallis Hall. Right. So where they were practicing today on the farthest field, there is one bleacher set up like kind of close, but it doesn't go the length of the field. And then all the other ones are on the other kind of side. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. The setup on that field, on field two, when they're over there, is better. And hopefully, they practice there on the weekend. Maybe when you probably have um, the usage of the tickets a little bit better. Because I think they deal with some no shows. I think that's part of the problem. Because the tickets all sell out. You tell me, people work at ten in the morning. Yeah, but <laughs> got to find a way to get those to people who will come. You know what I mean? I mean, more people groups. would. There are it, more groups on Wednesday than there were people here today. Yeah, and technically, yesterday was a closed practice. It wasn't. It was full of yeah, groups, but yes, community day. Yeah. Anyway, that's not why we're here. But 
I'm not trying to blame the fans. Adam Hoke's ripping the fans already I'm for not. the lack of energy. Bring that juice. Come on, you don't miss like okay. I have to say it. I miss Bourbonnet. Well, Bourbonnet gave you a little bit more personal interaction with the players too. You don't get that here at Dallas Hall. Well, there's a little bit more now. They're, they are trying to do some autographs and things like that that they weren't able to do last year because of COVID. And I did see some tweets today some, from some fans with some pictures saying, hey, it's great to have this again. But you're right. It's not the same as Bourbonnet. It is not. Yeah. Eh, we just got to all accept that, I guess. Don't you like... I don't. Personally, I get a kick out of when a big play is made, the fans go crazy. But even more so sometimes, like when a guy screws up and you have like the hecklers in the stands... <laughs> It's funny. Well, there's that one guy last year. Who is he taunting the entire practice? I'm just calling his name. I I, I forget. It's gonna bug me now. I, well, I, I feel heard, like it was an offensive lineman, and he it was, was. It was. It was a guy was just, in, the, in the stands to the right of the media bleachers, and he was at the top of them, just screaming down at the offensive line. Who was he calling out? Um, Jermaine Fetty, maybe. <laughs> it might have been Jermaine Fetty. I forget. Yeah. Is he on a team, Jermaine Fetty? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm just going to assume he's on the Falcons. No way now. I'm pretty sure he is, actually. <laughs> yes, he is an offensive tackle for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> when in doubt, just assume they're, they're on, the, on Falcons. the Falcons. Yes. Uh, anyway, welcome in. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns, you know who we are at this point, I hope so. But if you're stumbling on us for the first time, welcome. We've been here for a while. This is the uh, longest-running Bears podcast, I think it's safe to say. At Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, please follow us on Twitter for training camp updates, all kinds of updates. You can hit us for questions there. Uh, we'll do our best to answer them and bring them to the pod when necessary. Uh, you can read Johnsy on The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to get a discounted subscription and sign up for the first time if you haven't already. I am at CHGO with training camp shows every single day at 2 o'clock and also on the website at allchgo.com. Have something new coming for you next week that I will tease. And tease. Look out for. Tease. You also have something I'm intrigued by, but I'm not going to give it away, but based on somebody I saw you were interviewing today. <laughs> oh, I think that piqued everybody's interest. I was like, why is he interviewing him? Adam Johns is making moves again. Making moves. That's how you, you're calling that making a move? <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. Okay. Now, you, now everybody's very intrigued. I know. I'm doing I know my that job media here. room is very I'm intrigued. I'm doing my job here for you. I'm not going to give it away. I'm sure everybody was like, what the heck is going on? I'm telling you, it's going to be pretty good. Okay. I hope it's pretty good. Okay. I almost said something else, but I didn't want to give away too big of a hint, so I'm not even going to say that. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, but it would have been a good line. So it's I'll, a good tease, though. I'll bring it back next week. Yeah. I assume you can get that on The Athletic uh, sometime next week. Welcome in, though. We got stuff to break down, a couple practices in the books, and... Um, I'll start with this because you were already giving me shit for it before the show even started. Hey, someone I, said this. Quit the swearing on Twitter. So who said that? I don't know. I thought someone said that. I didn't see that. Potty mouth was described. Adam Hogue has developed a potty mouth. No. Uh, probably not. I don't know. All right, what do you got, potty mouth? That's a. Sm you should see Herb Lawrence on our <laughs> White Sox post game show. Every single word. Every other word is the F word. I don't. I don't think I've ever. You're the one who's dropping f words on this show when it comes to Justin Fields and training camp last year. That is true. 
Uh, speaking of Justin Fields and training camp, I thought he had a good day. I thought he was fine. And there's your Justin Fields training camp update for today. Okay, why did you think you have a good... I thought... I Look, there were a lot of passes being dropped. I thought 90% of those passes were right where they were supposed to be. And the wide receivers weren't helping them out. Um, I will say this, too. Um, speaking of breaking rules, or I don't know, is swearing on a podcast breaking a rule? I don't even think that's a Not rule. Not this one. Okay, good. Just fucking um, do it. There were some videos on Twitter today, I'll just say, that were very helpful in reviewing practice. Uh, and some of the plays from my view that I was wondering, was that on the quarterback or the wide receiver? And all of those videos showed a quarterback making a good throw, I thought. Are you talking about the Lamar Jackson interception? Is that up there somewhere? Uh, well, that wasn't off fields, was it? No, that no, was that Simeon. Was, I think Trevor Simeon threw that one. That was a Trevor Simeon thrown ball. You had... First, I'll give you the ones that I know are just good plays overall. The the play of the day to me was the throw up the seam to Cole Komet. Back that shoulder, was, falling that, down, great throw. So if you think uh, Steelers game last year, Monday Night Football, the throw up the seam to Jimmy Graham that Justin Fields made. Very similar to that throw on the money. Matt Nagy called that a top three throw in the NFL, by the way. Uh, that This would have been a top one throw of 2022 Bears training camp so far. Uh, and almost more importantly to me, Cole Komet made a really nice tough catch on that because I like Cole Komet a lot, but he needs to start showing he can make those tougher catches. That was a good example. So in terms of you know putting too much hype on one play, I thought that that was a good one that you got to be happy about if you're the coaching staff. Um, there was another dime down the left sideline to Cole Komet that he caught over the shoulder. Well thrown. Ball up the middle to Darnell Mooney. That was well thrown. But didn't and you and I think, okay, nice catch, good gain. I don't think it goes for a touchdown in a real game, though. Do you? The one, the Mooney? Yes. No. No. He, he might I'm get lit up a bit. The placement was exceptional. Oh, was that the same play? The placement was exceptional. Oh, wait, are we talking about the same play where I was like, I think Mooney gets lit up in a game? Yes. Leaping catch over the middle, touch pass, over Is that, over that the one that was going around Twitter, too? Well, I'm not sure. It might be two different plays. I saw the I'm Cole Komet one. Oh, are you talking about the one over Jalen Johnson's great coverage down the right sideline? Uh, maybe. There, look, here's the good thing. We're taught we're confused over which good plays we saw. I think it points to a good day. There was one ball that I know you're talking about. It was over the middle and it was a nice catch. And I was like, oh, I think in a game that the safety would have lit up the wide receiver, though. Hospital ball. Well, maybe not in today's NFL, but yes, the potential for that hit is there. Um, the only reason I say it was fine, you still saw some plays where he's scrambling, nobody's there, throwing it away, scrambles for a few yards. One of them was in seven on seven. And if I'm going to be consistent, I'm, and I'm trying to be consistent, like I don't want to see that anymore. Just try to fit one in some tight window, have some anticipation, maybe throw a guy open. Scrambles. They just don't do anything for me. I don't think they do anything for any team, really, in these situations, especially in seven-on-seven drills that should favor the quarterback. I saw a couple of those today. Just to play devil's advocate, is there? and I hate seeing that, too, and I remember going on a rant in OTAs about that happening too much. Is there any indication with the amount of that that we're seeing that this coaching staff is going to be more, um, more encouraging of Justin Fields 
taking things into his own hand and going to get those yards with his legs. Just tuck it and run? Yeah. Like Matt Nagy always said he was for Mitch Trubisky, but Mitch Trubisky never really did. Something yeah. like that. Um, but even last year, like they didn't rely too much on that with Fields. No, they didn't want him to protect himself here or there. I get it. Um, I don't know. We'll have to bring it up to Matt Eberflus next time we talk to him. <laughs> Whenever that next is. Week? That's I a joke. Talk, I think he talks tomorrow. Yes, that, that is correct. <laughs> um, Where's Tevin Jenkins? No idea. I also, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I also felt like you could see why they signed the Riley Reef. I get that the pads need to be on for the offense to assert itself a little bit more up front, but Dominique Robinson shouldn't be in the backfield that quickly all the time. It just shouldn't be, whether it's going up against – well, some of that was against Braxton Jones, but that seems to be a problem. That's why I think he's forced out of the pocket on some of those plays, especially when they're in team drills. You're seeing some of the pass rush get to the spot where he wants to throw. Yeah. Um. The other play wasn't – so I'll thank Bears Twitter for coming through on the video. I was relatively sure on the pass that went off to kill Harry's hands that it was a good ball. But our view wasn't the best, and sometimes you it's why, like, in a game, we always look at the replays 500 times, right, to see what really happened. Um, but this was the pass that went off to kill Harry, Nikhil Harry's hands Went straight to Eddie Jackson, made a good play, ran it back. Same type of deal. Don't know if that would have been a touchdown in a game. Hard to tell in a practice. But did see the video later. That was a good ball. And you talk about a guy who is getting a second opportunity with this trade to the Bears, Nikhil Harry. And he says yesterday the best thing he does, he likes blocking, but the best thing he does is going up to get the football. He had two opportunities today to show that. That play, which if you I don't know if you had a chance to see the video, I think it ended up getting taken down. Yeah, I was just looking for it. Yeah. He puts one hand up. Go up for two. With two. Which you might as well just let it go by if you're only going to put one hand up because all you're going to do is tip it up in the air to a, to a DB, which is what happened. All right? Earlier in practice, there was a fade to the sideline that he could have gone up and got, and instead he just sort of faded backwards and tried to catch it as he was falling down on his back, and he didn't make the play. So, like, I'm not overreacting or calling this Nikhil Harry thing a a total, uh, you know, bust after one practice, but these you're going to get a handful of opportunities, maybe one almost every, you know, one every day because wide receivers don't get the ball a lot, right? You're going to get a couple opportunities here and there to prove what they want you to prove. You can't go 0 for 2 in a, in your first practice, well, second practice. You can't go 0 for 2 after telling everybody that one of the best things you do is go up and get it. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't look good. And, like, to your point, Justin Fields may stop throwing you those balls. He's going, to, he's going to want to start completing some balls. He's going to try to find chemistry with certain players. And if you can't make that catch for him, it's going somewhere else. Well, that interception goes on Justin Fields' stat line, and it was a great pass, in my opinion. So, yeah, I wouldn't throw him the ball either. Exactly. Yeah. Especially if you're in a crowded receiver's room, like he is, with a lot of guys trying to make best of their second chances. 
you don't get two or three chances on the field of practice, especially with all the rotations that are going through. Yeah. Like, like you just see all the throws that are completed to Mooney and Komet. Like that just feels good for Justin Fields. Like he trusts Mooney to be out there. I, I'm trying not to give away certain quick throw schemes or whatever, but of all the quick throws that are completed, a lot of them go to Darnell Moody, and they're fast. There's trust involved there. Cole Komet would be next in line there. Others got to make those catches when those opportunities come. Byron Pringle included. I think he had a drop today too, a big drop. Yeah, yeah, he had a drop, and I have questions about whether or not that guy's in over his head as a number two wide receiver at this point. He still has a lot to prove too. But let's go back to Mooney for a second, okay? What was the one of the most prevailing storylines last season which led actually to your rant with the F-bomb on Justin Fields not getting reps in training camp. It was that there was no chemistry between him and the number one wide receiver, Allen Robinson, and that never developed. And you're saying exactly what I'm seeing. I think what anybody who's been in practice has already seen, and we saw it in OTAs. That chemistry is there with Mooney. And today... While just being one practice, I thought was a very, very good sign that that chemistry is going to be there with Cole Komet, too. So right there alone, to me, the quarterback chemistry with the two guys that are probably going to be the two most obvious targets, the two guys that when, D, when the 49ers are preparing for the Bears already, they're looking at as the receiving options. Um. To me, that's already in a better place than it was at any point last season. Because they barely played with the guy. No rant coming, but they barely played Boo, with him. Ooh, rant. Do a, it. A, a good example of that is that, uh, that that pass I was talking about. Over Jalen Johnson in one-on-one drills. I thought Jalen Johnson had a great day of practice today. And it, it looked like he had Darnell Mooney locked up in a one-on-one drill. Again, a drill that favors receivers. The pass that fields through, I don't think he throws that to, to anyone else but Mooney. The placement of it, where it went, and the adjustment that Mooney made to make the catch. I think even Jalen Johnson felt a bit surprised as that catch was made inbounds before he took a step out. I feel like I talked to you into the idea that Justin Fields had a good day. No, he was fine. I, I still can't get the, <laughs> over the idea of him scrambling and running around. You bring up a good point. Maybe they're encouraging it. I do think I made the other point about the offensive line being a bit of a problem right now, but we know it's a problem. Maybe I'm just looking for that ball to be out quicker, quicker decision-making, some efficiency in the offense, because I think they are trying to go through some of that quick strike stuff. Yeah, I, th- I think that's on more on fields at this point, trusting what he's seeing, having some anticipation, throwing guys open. I'd like to see some of that. Well, I think like Luke Getze, we are all anxious to see the pads go on and see what this can really be, you know, on offense in these practices. We, look, I, I get, I'm all for the CBA and them protecting the players, but I don't remember having to wait this long for pads. I thought the first padded practice was Saturday. It's not till Tuesday. It's a week now. I thought it used to be three practices and they put the pads on. That's what I thought. Now they're practice so that so uh, yesterday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's a day off Sunday. And then Monday's still not a padded practice. So that's five non-padded practices until they get to Tuesday when the pads go on. Well, maybe Tuesday will have the energy that Adam Hogue requires from fans. 
Oh man. Demands from fans. <sighs> Maybe I just need to go in one of the fan sections and start heckling people. <laughs> start heckling reporters as they walk by. I'll heckle Larry. Hey, Finley, I do that anyway. nice shorts. I already do that from the stands in the media section. <laughs> but now you get everybody to get in on in on it. Yeah. Uh it is good to be back out there in camp, a camp setting. Um, anyway, I think a couple questions I've had. How good would Fields look in camp? How good would Cole Komet look in camp? I had a good feeling Darnell Mooney would look good in camp. Um, well, I think Darnell Mooney's connection with Fields has completely overshadowed the connection between Fields and Komet, hasn't it? Yes. Well, like, I, almost also- feel, I almost feel bad for Cole Komet because it doesn't get brought up enough. Yeah, but also I, I thought... I was still kind of waiting for that to develop a little bit more. I think we, the Mooney connection was way more obvious in OTAs. Well, than you saw it last year, too, actually, on the field as well. Yeah. But to see those plays today where, where Komet was making catches on balls that were not the easiest to catch, like I think, I think that that's really good. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if we have to bring it up this early in the podcast, but I I did get a kick out of uh, our guy, the fish man, asking about Equimania St. Brown today. <laughs> hey, he is your number three receiver. And if you're going off depth chart moves and rotations and whatnot, he's on this roster. I want to give you credit right now. I can't even figure out who's what number we receiver. So... If you're telling me he's the number three, that's a good observation. Yeah, yeah. He was out there with Pringle and Mooney. Okay. When they went three receiver sets. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I, I, like In terms of like receivers, I did not take note of. Like Dante Pettis. Yeah. Didn't write he, his number down once. I think he's number I, 86. I learned how to say Chris Fink today. That was confirmed. Uh, I think we still got to work on Kevin Shea. Cha Shay, that I don't know. Okay, but on the Equimania St. Brown thing, Luke gets his answer that he saw a transformation from him after he didn't make the team and then showed up a couple weeks later when they needed to call him back. And he said he turned into like a professional during that time period. The guy had nine catches last year. Yeah, can that's Coach Doc. Coach I mean, speak. yes. I mean, that one just like came out of no, like, fine. I think he also prefaced it like, "Have I told you the story before?" Then it really wasn't a story, but that's just <laughs> coach talk. That's coach speak. Yeah. Okay. I just want to point that out too. That wide receiver room beyond Mooney and Pringle is wide open. Wide open. It really is. I mean, how would you rank it right now? That's not a bad exercise to do right now. I would do Mooney, Pringle, St. Brown. <sighs> what about uh, Valus? Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Valus is three or four. He's not going anywhere. Right. Uh, I, I've wanted to see more out of him the, the, the past couple of days. Yeah, he, not- I, thought he, I thought he did well in one-on-ones yesterday, um, but I didn't see too much out of him in the teamwork today. Yeah, I'm still a firm believer the Bears have something there. Mm-hmm. But the rotations, again, maybe the ball just didn't go his way. Or maybe Justin Fields didn't have time to get him the ball. Or maybe he has to anticipate something else. But I don't think it was the offense's best day. I, if I had to pick upon review, if, if you're Matt Eberflus, I'd give the defense the edge. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the offense was sloppy at times. Too many false starts. False starts. Um, Some of that was the situational stuff that Matt Eberflus was surprising his players with, which I like. Matt yep. Nagy did spontaneous things like that, too. We'll see if it actually works, but I don't like mind kick it. A, like kick a 43-yard field goal in the middle of an <laughs> offensive period? <laughs> and tell everybody to shut up and be quiet. Augusta silence. Uh, what do you make of the fact that Lucas Patrick goes out, which I, I guess what I'm thinking is not too serious because he was able to walk off, but, you know, we'll ask the head coach next time we talk to him. Doug Kramer's the next center in. Yeah, how about that? That, that caught me off guard a little now, bit. I, that could just be spur of the moment. Like, oh, crap, we weren't planning for this today. Like, Sam Mustafer was going to work solely at right guard today. Yeah. So maybe tomorrow, I'm assuming Lucas Patrick won't practice unless it's completely minor, cramp, bad cramp or something like that. And he's back. Mustafer can stay at right guard or whatever rotation they have at right guard because I feel like someone else keeps being added to that rotation. Um, but yes, it was a bit surprising to see the Hinsdale Central product, right? Doug Kramer, Hinsdale Central, yes. University of Illinois. Yes. yes, that was a bit surprising. A lot of Chicago connections all of a sudden on this roster. Schofield, Komet, Komet. Um, I always want to say Trevor Simeon, but he's not from here. He's from like Connecticut or something. He just went to Northwestern. Yes. But I'm pretty sure he lives here. Like, he was living here already before the Bears signed him. I believe that is true. I believe one yeah. of our colleagues has run into him a few times in Lincoln Park. Who's that? Chris Emma. Not like recently everybody, no, but know. in the past. You know who else Emma used to run into at the Lincoln Park bars all the time? A different Northwestern quarterback, C.J. Boucher. Wow. Yeah. Maybe that's just what Emma does. He goes to the Lincoln Park bars and runs into Northwestern quarterbacks. He goes to Northwestern bars? Okay. Are there Northwestern bars? I'm not sure. I don't think so. <laughs> I, have <laughs> I, have ask, I, have ask, I have to ask Kevin. I mean, maybe in Evanston, but I don't know. Somewhere in the northern suburbs, Kevin Fishbane's listening to this and getting very angry at us. <laughs> yeah, he's screaming in his computer right now or phone or however he... He's, he consumes this podcast in his car. I'm not sure. We'll have Kevin on next week. Kevin and I had fun watching practice today. Yeah, why? I don't know where you were, but just a few feet over. I know, but you didn't talk to us, so I don't know. That's true. Well, Mark Carmen separated us. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What do you think of the Bears secondary? I think it could be very good, by the way. Like, if yeah. there's any early impressions I have from this team, it's, man, that secondary is loaded with talent. Even Eddie Jackson. I know everybody's not high on him anymore. But with Brisker, Gordon, Jalen Johnson looking good, this secondary can be something. Okay. I'm not going to say that loaded with talent, but I, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. I think, uh, I think it's much improved. And it better damn will be. You spent your two first... Picks on defense when you when you needed all these needs. Well, on that's, offense. That, that's talent though. That's that's second round talent. You yes, have three second round players in there and a player who was an All Pro four seasons ago. Doesn't Brisker just give you those vibes? Like he's just gonna at minimum the floor is Adrian Amos. Yes, just around the ball. Like and and I think the ceiling could be even higher in this defense with the amount of takeaways they could potentially generate. Remember. The one knock on Adrian Amos when he was here, and part of the reason why the Bears let him go was I don't think he had a single interception or only had one interception in in like his four years as a Bear. Well, that famous Vic Fangio soundbite we use all the time. Oh, he's got his hands on more balls. That's about Adrian Amos. Yeah, and then he of course went to Green Bay and picked off the Bears. Got his hands on some balls. He he picked off Trubisky in his first damn game (laughs) in the end zone. Sealed the win. Oh, of course he did. Um, but yeah, I. In Ky- so here's the thing with Kyler Gordon. What do you make of him getting work in the slot? Because I guess I was optimistic that he and Jalen Johnson would be able to hold down the outside and maybe a guy like Thomas Graham Jr. solidifies that inside. But we've also heard from Matt Eberflus on how important that slot position is, that nickel corner. And they do draft this guy first and they didn't otherwise make too many moves to bolster that nickel corner spot so i 
I'm intrigued by that as the option, but then you're probably rolling Kindleville door out there as your outside corner unless there's some type of addition made there. I'm looking for this quote from Kyler Gordon. I'm trying to find it, but I think it went something like this, that he lit up, he smiled when told that playing inside is going to be a possibility for him in training camp. Mm-hmm. Excited by it. Loves playing in the slot. I got it for you. Um, Please read. What's it been like cross-training outside and in the slot? It's been fun. Honestly, I was excited. I had a feeling they were going to tell me I was going to play nickel when we were doing OTAs and all that. So I was prepared for that. When they told me, honestly, I had the biggest smile on my face because I love nickel and I love what I can do there. So it's just been really fun. What do you like about playing nickel? You just get to be more in the run game. Just a different job. I feel like me at nickel, I'm just a twitchy dude. So I just like to react a bunch. I just enjoy it and be able to be in the run fit too. Just a lot of different things I can do there to really show all of my abilities. I enjoy nickel. I think the question here in which the Bears are trying to figure out is what's the better combination? Is it Vildor outside, Jalen Johnson outside, and Gordon inside? Or is it Gordon Johnson outside with Tavon Young or Thomas Graham Jr. inside. I think that... Go ahead. No, sorry, but also I was going to say is, and I agree, that's why this makes it a little tricky. Um, Because Kendall Veldor just simply did not have a good year playing outside. And the Bears were very susceptible as a secondary with him out there. Now, maybe he's improved. Maybe this defense is better for him. We'll give him that opportunity to show it. But this also stood out to me from what Kyler Gordon said today. John Z. Uh, he was asked about the importance of the nickel in this defense, and has that been relayed to him? And he said, yeah, it's definitely like the quarterback of the defense. You've got to know the calls, be able to communicate, be loud, efficient, fast, and smart, and be able to react fast. It is very important. I played that at Washington, too, so I've had to fill that role and do it before. It wasn't anything new to me. Again, I like nickel a lot. If that is such an important position, which of the three guys do you want playing there? Like, I want the second round pick. I want number. I'll, I want pick number thirty nine. I want the guy that they went out and targeted over any offensive dude on their board. That makes a lot of sense to me too, and like why they targeted him. So, do you remember when this was like part of the conversation for Kyle Fuller some years ago, mm-hmm. and how Phil Emery said that? The, with the way the NFL is going, having that nickel be almost like a superstar can be immensely important. And how it took a few years for Kyle Fuller to really become a pro bowler on the outside. I, I don't know why I'm thinking of this right now, maybe because it's just similar. You got a high, high around cornerback finding his way in the NFL right now. But no, I think it's he fair seems point. to like they, it. Then they never really did that with Kyle. Yeah. There was a play on Wednesday. I, again, I can't say it much, but the speed, the athleticism, and the versatility, plus the tenacity, the willingness to tackle and get after potentially somebody who holds the ball a lot, was on display from Kyler Gordon coming out of the slot. And that in itself told me that he could do a lot more than Tavon Young or Thomas Graham Jr. in that place. Sort out whatever you want to sort out outside of him. But he comes. He becomes such a unique threat inside its slot. 
want to say f- I have this memory of did, did, Phil. Did I'm- I give that away? Like, did, did you know what I just said there? Yeah, Kyler Gordon blitzed and made a nice play <laughs> on the quarterback. <laughs> and by the way, I had no idea what player we were talking about. So, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute. They're going to blitz their nickel sometimes? No way. I don't think you gave anything away. He looks smooth on it. Yeah, it's all good. Um, well, easy for me to say. Uh, what did uh, I remember Phil Emery talking about Kyle Fuller, and he was like, I think he used the word inverted. Inverted safety. Safety, yes. And it's true that they would like move him into the box. At Virgin, and we're talking about Virginia Tech, because Virginia Tech tape. And he could be very, very good there. So, but they never really did any chess stuff. pieces. Yeah. You talk to some of these defensive coordinators, and that's what they want now. Like Sean Desai is really big on this. He wants different chess pieces to use against these offenses that are getting well, they're just different now. You need different athletes to contend with these small slot slot receivers, but at the same time, Durable and tough enough, big enough to go one on one against that tight end who may be pulling at your way. You know, like that, that occasional pulling guard who want, wants to clean your clock. Mm-hmm. That's everything these nickelbacks have to face. Like the days of the smaller Bryce Callahans, while very good players, I don't know if it's coming to an end because not all teams can have them, but it's changing. The game is changing. Chess pieces. <laughs> Chess pieces. I think the Bears were only in nickel 55% last year, too, which um, was still the majority of your defensive plays, but um, compared to a lot of the league, that's like at least two-thirds. They were actually, they ranked pretty low in nickel percentage. And it makes sense because they were thin on the, in the secondary. And all, by the way, like all the hype that people like to give DeAndre Houston Carson in that dime package they would run out there. If you look at the football outsiders numbers on DVOA when they were in that dime, they were like by far the worst team in the league in it. So bring the conversation full circle. Yes, I feel a lot better about the secondary at this point. And I think it's going to suit Eddie Jackson well. And I like his attitude. If we ask a player pretty much at this point, is there buy-in into the new coaching staff? What the hell are they supposed to say? But that being said, I thought Eddie Jackson talking about that. Sometimes you can tell when a player is being a little bit more genuine and when he's just like giving you the answer that he kind of has to give you. For him to offer up that he was feeling the buy-in from the players in the first month they were in the building... We're talking back in April. I thought that that was a genuine comment that he offered up on his own. Every now and then, I would get this feeling last year that a lot of these guys were just going through the motions. Yes. And it it came earlier when the season wasn't lost. That that buy-in wasn't there or something was off. Now, there'd be a win or two and things would feel better, but a lot of guys just felt... What's the word I'm looking for? It just didn't felt off. Didn't feel right, and you got what you got last year, right? And to me, there's no better example of that than in the first damn game on Sunday Night Football when they don't touch the player down. Yes, yes. And it starts at top, at the top. And you're hearing some messages. Now, this is year one, honeymoon phase from Andy Eberflus. But I think for some of these veteran players, the messages are clicking. Make that sticking. 
at least for now. Yeah. All right. How, how's that for optimism? We're hitting it here today. Uh, actually, that teased me up for something I was not planning on talking about today. But I do have this observation for a lot of people that are... Um, I'm trying to censor myself now because apparently I have a potty mouth. Um, for people that are pooping on the bears these days. The same people that were like, this player sucks, this player sucks, all these problems are here. You got to fix it. Ryan Pace was... Why did he bring this guy in here? Look at all these mistakes Ryan Pace made. Then the new guy comes in, gets rid of all those players. Now they're saying the Bears are worse? I don't get that. Like, I just don't understand the logic. Like, if those players were the problem, shouldn't just, like, addition by subtraction, just alone, like I get that not every position has been filled by a pro bowler by any means. Like there's no question that across the board, the talent level is not great. And nobody's saying that this team's going to the playoffs or anything like that. I just, I don't see how the the logic works there. You know what I'm getting at? Like all these problems are here. They got rid of the problems. Oh, they're going to be a worse football team. I don't, I don't get that. You're, you're talking about the coaching should be better. Um, the scheme should be better regardless of who the players are actually put in there. Like that should lead to at minimum the same amount of wins if the talent's worse. And I think in some places people are sleeping on the talent a little bit. Which players are they sleeping on? I'll give you one example. al Muhammad had seven sacks last year. Okay. In no world am I trying to say he's anywhere near Khalil Mack. But if he gives you 17 games in 10 sacks, that's more production than you got from Khalil Mack last year, who only played half the time. So I'm not saying he's a better player, but what I'm saying is at certain spots, you may end up with better production than you had last season. That's just one example. I go... Darnell Mooney might not be as good of a number one quote-unquote wide receiver as Allen Robinson or look that part, but if the chemistry already on day two of training camp practices is better than it ever was between the starting quarterback and the number one wide receiver a year ago, that is an improvement. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. So you're adding wins to this? I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying... I. I, I still think... I, I don't I think see I, how they're a four-win team, I guess is what I'm saying. But the ceiling for you is probably still six or seven wins, right? Uh, the ceiling, I'd probably say is more like around like eight to nine. Like a 500 team. Yes. That's a you know the, my Chicago White Sox, um, which is what they are. I would say most teams in the NFL are that way. I would say that the Bears still need a few capable players here or there, but there have been upgrades made to a certain extent. It's like, look at the offensive line moves. Braxton Jones could become a good, solid left tackle at some point, but right now, he's probably not. Riley Reef can be that. 
Now, is Riley Reef consistently better than those opposite him on game day? We'll see. But I think he gives you a better chance. It's like a right guard. Is Sam Mustafer a long-term answer at right guard? Mm, probably not. If the Bears felt that way, they wouldn't be rotating different guys in there every single day. Can Michael Schofield be an answer? Does he give you more consistency on a game-to-game basis than others behind him? Maybe. That's an upgrade, but at the same time, is he consistently better than those uh, opposite him on game day? I don't know. Does that make sense to you? It, like, it absolutely, it absolutely th- gets th- They've sense. upgraded, but you still don't know if they're upgrades against... Like, they're, they're upgraded on their own roster, but they still have to face the competition. And whether or not that's good enough, I don't know. But if it results in less pressure... Like, let's say, let's say Reef and Schofield result in 15% less pressure just in terms of the Bears' projections, then a starting lineup featuring Braxton Jones and Sam Mustafer. That is a win. Right. That, that is a win. That means they were consistently better against that opposition than the projections for the other guys would be. Like, right. that's a win. That's better for Justin Fields. The old line is actually a really good example to me. I don't think anybody's looking at his offensive line and being like, they have, do they even have one pro bowler? I don't think anybody's saying that. Okay? But, both schematically and execution over the last couple seasons. Boy, that just it just didn't work, people. Just did not work. So even if you're coming in with across the board like a similar amount of talent, and some might even argue it's worse. I may have done that a week ago. I think Riley Reef coming in is somewhat significant. I don't think he's again, I don't think he's a pro bowler. I think he's somebody that makes the complexion look a lot different. But as a unit, if they're running this outside run zone, outside zone run scheme and they're getting good blocking from the tight ends coming in, I think it will be better. And I think some people somehow are forgetting how god-awful the offense was. So, now the one area I'm still pretty concerned about is wide receiver beyond Mooney. Well, after today, after the drops. it's a, That's not a good sign. Early on. All criticisms are fair there right now. Is there a if Riley Reef you can still sign at wide receiver, though? It, it feels like it's going to be a position. Well, maybe not right now. Yeah. But once guys start being cut around the league. Yeah, is there somebody but, but, you can but just But then again, you have to like, have the right expectation for guys cut at that point. Right. True. But is it an upgrade over... Adante Pettis, who we have not talked about. That's what you're looking at. Yeah. That's how you have to view your roster building at this point in the stage of this rebuild that Ryan Poles is trying to execute here. All right. Again, I don't want to be accused of, like, I don't have the Bears going to the Super Bowl or anything, guys. I just, and I've been on this, and I've been consistent about this too, like, pre-draft. I just don't see where they're, like, picking in the top five of the NFL draft next year. Maybe I'll be wrong. I don't see that. It's an old Peter Skronsky for you. <sighs> Sorry, Fishman. You think he's going that high? Sorry, Justin Fields. He goes top 10. Well, I'm not saying the Bears won't be like picking 10th. <laughs> I believe Dame Brugler already has him as number one offensive tackle on his early rankings. Today, yeah, check I, that out on the athletic. I think I saw that on Twitter today. You can guess the uh, Twitter account <laughs> at K Fishbane. 
who wore a Northwestern shirt today and a Mighty Ducks hat to go match it. Yeah, the hat was dope. I like that. The purple with the green bill? Yeah, it's one of the best retro logos in sports. Uh, that's okay. Oh, come on. That and the uh, Montreal Expos. I'll, I'll give you the Expos. Yeah. I should get an Expos hat. I always talk about that, and then I never do it. I got to get on that. I like your hat right now. Yeah, uh, I heard there's more coming, guys. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm wearing my Hogan Johns um, hat. That's what it is. It's a good one. And uh, I was told that obvious shirts, there's going to be more. We're also working on a couple new shirts, so those might be available soon, too. Stay tuned for that. We will tell you about that. In the meantime, we got to get out of here. Follow us on Twitter. At Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Training camp updates constantly coming in there. Read Johnsy on The Athletic and Kevin, too. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can find me at allchgo.com. And uh, we'll be keep going at this pace, probably. Two pods every week. Most likely Tuesdays and Thursdays, unless news dictates otherwise. Maybe we'll Might do on. some live ones. We are. That's news to me. Get some questions. I like that. Yeah, apparently we're having an issue where people are asking us questions in the comments on YouTube, but we're not actually there live, so we're not actually seeing those comments. If you've done that, we apologize. We're not. We'll get you. We'll get. Yeah, you. we're not actually there. Um, physically, we're here in your computer screens or on your TVs, depending on how you're watching. But uh, yeah, we'll figure that out before we get out of here and start doing some more Q and A. Regardless, we appreciate everybody watching. We love all of our loyal listeners, viewers. However, you consume the podcast. Keep doing that. Follow us. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like on YouTube if you're watching us that way. Most importantly, tell a friend. Um, say, hey, you know, got a Bears fan? Friend, tell them about Hogan Johns. Tell them to check out the pod. And if you happen to see us out at training camp, don't hesitate ever to say hello. Always. I got a couple of hellos today. Oh, you did. Good for you. Make you feel good? Yes. I, okay. It did. Come okay. say hi. Yeah. Come talk ball. All right. We will talk to you next week. See ya. Adam Hoagie. Now just $1.69 at Subway.